It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to ATL Day Ones coming up today. DJ's new BFF. Is that going to spell success for the Hawks this season? And as the Braves get set to dominate in the second half of the season, Braves are saying, who's going to stop me, boo? And in For the Culture, which hot chip is Jamie's fave? We're going to find out. This is ATL Day Ones, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now. Welcome into ATL Day Ones, part of the Locked On Sports Network, your team every day. This episode, of course, is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Now, we got a special guest in the house again today. It's Jamie Walker, sports announcer, analyst, and CEO of Coach Work Enterprises. And listen, Jamie and I got a lot of ground to cover, so we're going to go right in. First things first, let's go to Vegas, Jamie. The Hawks continue summer league play. Good look for them Wednesday. They came back to beat the Wolves 99 to 93. But what we've seen in addition to the young guys, uh, Kobe Lumpkin, Seth Lundy, and even A.J. Griffin being there, we've also seen a lot of support from the veteran Hawks, if you will, including DeJounte Murray. So ESPN caught up with DeJounte while he was out there. And DJ had some really good things to say about his relationship with Quinn Snyder. He actually texts every day. And that right there means a lot, not only to myself, but to him as well. I know, uh, you know, because we all, we want to be great. You know, you don't just want to be great as an individual. And basketball is a team sport. So, you know, you can't just have one, two, three in line. You got to have everybody in line from, you know, the top to bottom, you know. So, you know, with Quinn, he's, he's just passionate. You know, he, not only does he want to win, he wants to put everybody in situations to be successful as men, you know, and obviously basketball players. And even his coaching staff, you just go on and on. And, uh, you know, I'm obviously he's a Seattle guy. So it's, it's only right we connect. Got to appreciate that. So, Jamie, I want to ask from your perspective as a coach and as a player, how important is it for DJ to be texting or be in communication with Quinn Snyder on a daily basis? Is it just as important as it is for him to stay in touch with his teammates? I think um, it is considering that uh, the period of time when Quinn actually took over coaching his squad. Uh, I, I still consider them under the honeymoon period when it comes to this squad. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Quinn Snyder really got a head start in understanding the personnel, but also is still going through a transition where he's taking over this team fully. Uh, this is the first offseason where he's really getting to know what the, the, the ins and outs of the personnel is and changes he might want to implement. He's done that through the coaching staff. He's done that um, throughout really top to bottom. And I think, you know, as a collective, Um, The brain trust of the Hawks are still trying to get to know who's going to take this team to the next level. So I think texting back and forth with with Quinn, I think getting to know um, Quinn Snyder from, um, you know, just a surface level uh, is a good thing. I I think he's always been known as as somewhat of a player's coach. And so getting to know his players is, is, is a great thing. 
uh, whether or not it's more important uh, that it be, you know, with the rest of his teammates versus the coach, I don't think it's an issue. I, I think Trey kind of has the same, maybe not the same type of relationship, but, you know, DeJounte has already established himself as someone who kind of intertwines with the community. He wanted to come to Atlanta. He talked about that when he left San Antonio. Mm-hmm. So when you're talking about um, someone that wants to intertwine and get to know and, you know, what the staff is going to be going forward, I think this is a good thing. I think it's a great thing, in yeah. fact. I, I would agree with you. And, you know, you made a couple of great points that I want to piggyback on as well. Uh, first and foremost, DeJounte Murray and the fact that he can interact so very well with so many on the court, off the court, in the community. I think this is a lot of why Atlanta, while everybody was still hoping maybe the Hawks would make a big splash in free agency, they were at least excited to see that DJ is coming back for year two. Because like you said, it was a cheat code to get Quinn Snyder for the last 22 games of the regular season and then to get him for a couple games into the postseason, right? You don't really get that. That's rare. But now is really where the starting point is because he's had an opportunity to at least see some of these guys in practice settings, try to get to know who they are as human beings. He's now seeing his young core in summer league. And so, yeah, I think all of those connection points, them being from Seattle, if you will, I think all of those things and DJ's desire to not just come here, like you said, but stay here. I think all of it is good. And yeah, I think it's a balance. Like if you spend the time to get to Vegas, and get to know some of these young guys. Trey was there as well. So you're still hooking up and connecting and getting those relationships built with your players. But if Quinn's not physically there per se, this is the best way to interact with him because, you know, that's what that generation does. It's all about a text before a phone call. So I was thinking, okay, if they're doing it on a daily basis, you have to love that because that cohesiveness, if you can get that as a benefit of having this off season, then maybe just maybe you can at least have a launch pad from where they were last season. Now we also know, speaking of summer league, a lot of times players will go in their second year, like an AJ Griffin, or maybe even in their third year, like a Tyrese Martin, but Hey, the reason you might go like Tyrese Reese balled out last night. And you know, me covering the Skyhawks, I'm like, this kid has gotten better and better game by game half of the season by half the season. I really hope that he's able to make the roster. I think he made a good show for himself. AJ Griffin, officially, according to our guy, Brad Rowland, who of course does Locked On Hawks here on the uh, Locked On Sports Network, confirmed that AJ was done on Wednesday. To me, Jamie, that kind of signaled something. Even though Brad did say that this was always the plan for the Hawks, I still felt like it maybe signaled that Quinn Snyder had a chance to see what he wanted to see And maybe it's starting to have a little bit more confidence in AJ coming into this second season. What do you say about AJ Griffin wrapping up at this point of summer league? I think it's a good thing. Uh, I I think because uh, again, you know, kind of going back into the, the the last uh, conversation about DJ, when you're talking about them still trying to make impressions upon this coach and this coaching staff, I think, Hey, if you got some questions and some things you want to, you know, lay out, You've seen this team's ability now to kind of make some moves with with John Collins, you know, moving moving on, and you know, good luck to him because I think he's he's been you know a great hawk, uh, and, and I think the city loved him. But I but I think with this new culture they're trying to establish in and trying to win consistently and get to that next level, I think there are some players that want to prove uh, what they're able to do, and, and so I think you know AJ going in, and I, I think 
you know, don't lose sight of this, his willingness to go out there and play in the summer league because he was on the roster. You know, it's one of those things where, hey, you know, I didn't hear any complaints about, you know, him going to have to do this. And, and some players do, especially young players. Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, his willingness to go out and impress upon um, his buy-in with this squad, I think yes. is impressive in itself. And, hey, Quinn said, hey, come on and sit down. I, I've seen enough. I think it's a good thing. Yeah, I, I would agree with you on that, too, because I also thought about this. Now, we don't know whether it's the fact that it's an 82-game season, and of course we know he didn't really get a full season in at Duke, or it could have been the fact that, hey, he was a part of the Rising Stars Challenge, and maybe that's what kind of tapped him out. But we did kind of see a trail off at the end of the season. My thought, too, on why this is good for him is conditioning. This gets your body ready sooner. So when training camp comes, you are ready to rock and roll. And when you hit that 60 or 65 game mark, it's nothing for you because you have started to condition your body earlier. So, yeah, Jamie, I like it for cohesiveness of the team. And I also like it for conditioning for AJ. I think it's going to pay big dividends. And before we wrap up, speaking of paying big dividends, we got to talk about Georgia Tech's own and Westlake High's own Christopher Eubanks. He, He is Wimbledon run has, yes, definitely come to an end, but you cannot knock a player who walked in ranked number 43 and literally hit winner after winner after winner and pushed the number three player in the world, Daniil Medvedev, to a fifth set before, of course, bowing out. So I love what he's doing because not only is this great for tennis, you know, our guy Sam Crenshaw, he called me yesterday and today just to talk tennis. So you got to love that. But listen, Jamie, I like this too. Can you believe that you and I are having a conversation between Brent Key and what he's done in the offseason recruiting? Damon Stoudemire bringing that name back and saying he's determined to get Georgia Tech basketball back on the map. And now we're even talking about Georgia Tech tennis. How exciting is that when we talk about this being a sports city, that one that's right in our backyard is indeed showing up saying, hey, we're back and we're here to say we got something to say. Listen, Georgia Tech has always fought for respectability in the city. Uh, you know, that that school up the road um, mm-hmm. in Athens has <laughs> always got, you know, captured the eye of the city. Uh, a lot of times divided loyalty. But, hey, yeah. you got a school right there that that is, is in the news for the right things. And you love to see it. You absolutely love to see it. Yeah, I think you're absolutely on to something because, hey, this might be that opportunity, Brent Key, where you kind of say, hey, mom and dad, you send your kid right there to Techwood and all good things are going to happen there. Right. So speaking of culture and excitement, you know, we always talk brave. So it's nothing for us to have that conversation. We're going to have that conversation in a minute. But first, we want to tell you guys about FanDuel. Take your first swing at betting Major League Baseball on FanDuel and get this. 10 times your first bet in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. And who can't use a quick $200, a quick 200 bucks. That's 200. You can spend betting everything from the money line to the over under what the Braves final win total will be for the 2023 regular season or which city might be awarded the next MLB franchise which we'll talk about coming up next. Now on an app, it's safe, it's secure, super easy to use. So it's always good if you have a user-friendly app. Plus when you win, you get paid instantly. Once again, my friends, I say getting it real time is a beautiful thing. So sign up today, visit fanduelcom locked on to get up to 
hundred dollars in bonus bets again that's fanduel.com slash locked on fanduel is the official partner of major league baseball and you know who's a good partner for major league baseball the atlanta braves absolutely now the braves they're just a day away from resuming Jamie Wood has shown up to be and shown out to be an incredible, incredible first half of the season. Historic, even if you will. Lights out, got excited. And it's good, you know, to be excited. I think that sometimes we look so far ahead that sometimes we don't get to appreciate what's happening now. But okay, let's be real. You know, we're all looking towards the end of the season, right? We can't help ourselves. So I was thinking about this. It's probably World Series or bust for most Braves fans, most of Braves country, right? So obviously the Dodgers, regardless of record, right, is still going to be on the heels of the Braves. But here's my question. Coming back second half of the season, what are some of the other teams or who are some of the other teams that you see where you're kind of looking over your shoulder like, yeah, it's the Dodgers and yeah, the Braves are way here, but we still have to keep our eye on this team. Keep your eye still um, in the division with the Phillies. Uh, you, you, you gotta, you know, they're chomping at the bit as well. They're a good team. Uh, and they've been there, you know, yes. last year wasn't a fluke. Uh, I, I think they're fully capable, um, when, when fully healthy. Yes. Um, I'm gonna take it back, uh, a, a, a few series ago, um, mm-hmm. as well, um, with the Marlins, but along with them, the Cincinnati Reds, listen, great young yes squad who you know in the series with them showed a bunch of promise Mm -hmm. so when you're talking about just other division foes or other people within the national league don't sleep on any of those teams the dodgers of course um you know in the nls is is, you know the you know at the top of the uh of the totem pole Mm -hmm. you see who they have from top to bottom right um pitching has been off and on for them this year um but i think you know they they'll be right there in the end but I think our Braves are doing everything they need to do. And don't forget, too, they aren't even healthy yet when it comes yeah. to pitching. And, and so when you're talking about getting the likes of Max Freed back, mm-hmm. when, you, when you're talking about, you know, pitchers that may come up with, with you know, Mike Soroka that may, you know, may re-enter the rotation, you never mm-hmm. know, um, shoring up the bullpen. You know, everything that you kind of, want this squad to be, you know, at full bore going into that stretch. You know, the Braves are are clearly um, ahead of everyone else. But, no, we should not sleep on any of these squads um, around. And, you know, I just named a couple. Miami as well. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, right right in there. They can, you know, absolutely hit the ball with with, with former Brave, um, Jorge Soler. So, you know, hey, don't sleep on any of those squads. I agree. And I think – you know, when you tend to look at where these squads are right now, you can't help but, like you said, look at some of the ones that are kind of right behind and lurking, uh, like you talked about with the Phillies, or one that might be surprisingly ahead because we know the Dodgers are still going to be in it. But the Diamondbacks are number one in the NL yes. West. So I, you, I look at that, and, of course, the good thing is, as you went down that list, Braves win the series. Braves won that series. Braves won that series. That's the good thing I like. But I tell you, you teased something that we were going to talk about tomorrow. But boom, I'm doing an I'm doing an audible. So we're going to okay. talk about it today because you threw it out there. So I'm coming back at you. Okay. We have all been waiting for the return, right? Like you said, of Max Fried and Kyle Wright. 
Michael Soroka might give the Braves a little bit more as well. But imagine this. What if, for whatever reason, and I am not putting negative things in the atmosphere of Braves country, but what if Kyle Wright and Max Free don't quite get back until maybe the end of the season, if at all, in the regular season? And Michael Soroka just kind of goes, you know, up, down, maybe two Gwinnett back down, two Gwinnett, that kind of thing. And this is all hypothetical. Alex Anthopoulos actually doesn't make any big move or splash at the trade deadline. Could this team, Jamie, as currently constructed, can you see this team making it back to the World Series? Absolutely, as long as they keep hitting the way they are. Um, if you look at the way the All-Star, even with the All-Star game, uh, yeah. just all those braids within uh, within the infield and, and, and just throughout uh, throughout the roster. But they're absolutely not going to cover off the ball. They're scoring so many runs. But I think you have to have pitching um, in the playoffs. You do. Yeah. Uh, now, uh, of course, a couple of years ago, you relied on timely hitting. You relied on culture. And I think Alex Anthopoulos um, believes in the culture of a ball club. Yeah, uh, I actually heard him talk, you know, talk about this the other day um, on an interview where he spoke about bringing in pieces, but bringing in the right pieces. Yes. And so when it comes to things that they do in general, uh, I think it has to be the right right piece. Um, yeah. And, and I'm going to just go ahead and say it, the best general manager in sports. Yeah. No question. And, yeah. and hands down, everything yeah. he touches um, ha- has been gold, has been absolute gold for this uh, for this squad. Yeah. And all they have to do is just go and play. Yeah. When you're talking about bringing in the correct pieces, the year they w- were able to r- win the World Series, the likes of a Jock Peterson and others who were able to come in and kind of galvanize the squad. Mm-hmm. I think if he doesn't make any moves and just believes in culture, I yes. think the fan base is reassured um, that they are at the best and that the decisions that Double um, A makes uh, is just fine. So I yeah. think they fully could win the World Series uh, standing pat. Uh, regardless of how some of those injuries may come out or yeah. just the continuity that you may have bringing in those pieces yeah. so late in the season. So, so yeah, I, I think they'll be fine. I think, I think so fine. too. And you look at the, some of the major categories of stats wise, right. And outside of pitching, but when you look at hitting hits, runs per game, home runs, OPS, all of it, when you talk about on-base percentage and slugging, all of those categories, the Braves are at the top. They're number one in the entirety of Major League Baseball. So I think to your point, if they can continue doing that, and you and I haven't even had a conversation really about Austin Riley, because that's one, like you said, the consistency, because he's already there. So it's just a matter of when is he going to go off on one of his runs. So there's still some kind of gas left in the tank, if you will, for places where the Braves can improve with what they have now. And I want to add to just what you said in terms of hitting and pitching being important. But what we saw in that all-star game, Austin Riley to Matt Olson, I'm like, that's also very much a signature of who the Braves are and what they bring to the table. That defense, I think, is also going to be critical for them to make a deep run and hopefully not just get back to the World Series, but ultimately to win the World Series. Now, before we wrap up, There was an interesting, there is an interesting conversation, if you will, right? But the conversation kind of comes and goes based on what the likes of, say, the Oakland A's are going to do and when they're going to move to Vegas, et cetera. But Rob Manfred said recently that, yes, Major League Baseball is still considering expanding to cities like Salt Lake City and Nashville, if you will. And this is what my thought was. 
that would be good. Nashville's the odds on favorite maybe to get that expansion team once everything kind of the dust settles, if you will. But Toronto's still in the running uh, to get, you know, a team back or even Montreal, excuse me, Montreal is in the running to get a team back. Right. But here's my thing. I heard somebody say this and it made me chuckle because they were like, wow, you know, Nashville is right there in Braves country in the backyard. I wonder how Braves country feels about that. We don't. No. <laughs> we don't. We do not. You just got to look at the way this this team was arranged. Yes. You know, give credit again to Ted Turner and his, his That's visionary, what I was thinking, Jamie. visionary spirit as far as the regionalism when it came to this squad. I'm from North Carolina. Yep. Always been a Braves fan. And Same. I know it wasn't many baseball teams around. But when you're talking about just the Braves being ingrained in the culture of what where yeah. they are, you know, hey, Nashville can have a squad. Nashville can have three. <laughs> but but it will still always be Braves country as far as I'm saying same here and the funny thing is it, the argument was back and forth about you know who would you liken the Braves to in other sports if you will and of course you know I'm a diehard Steelers fan so my first thought was how did I become one being from New Orleans originally well it's because the branding the winning the culture it, it spoke to me. So to this day, still a Steelers fan, like you said, diehard Braves fan, did not grow up with a professional baseball team. So that's the one I took on according, also the Yankees, but we're not going to mention it too much. <laughs> don't go in on me. Don't, don't at me people, but no Braves are really, that's the team of choice. And like you said, it doesn't matter if they put a team in Nashville, Memphis, somewhere in Alabama, Mississippi, the South, Southeast, that's Braves country. That is Braves country. So listen, everydayers, if you guys think that maybe somehow, some way it's going to make a difference to Braves country, if Rob Manfred and company decide to put a team in our backyard, let us know. Check us out on YouTube. You know what to do. Put something in the comment section. And hey, we just might mention it on air. And don't forget to download ATL Day Ones wherever you get your podcast, because you know what? You always want to know what we have to say about the culture. And this is for the culture. That, of course, is our final topic segment of the day where we just kind of like to have a little fun here. So, Jamie, this is National French Fry Day. And you can go to so many places like McDonald's and Burger King, you know, all the fast food stops. And if you want fries today, you can get them for free if you have the app. And hey, you know, those lines even coming home, Jamie, I saw the lines wrapped around with the nearest McDonald's. Right. Because everybody would probably agree that that's like the best fry ever. Right. I yeah, agree. Kinda, yeah, yeah, I agree, too. So I wanted to challenge you to say, OK, fine. If that's the de facto best fry ever, what's your second place? What's your third place as far as your go to's and what you like? And that can be a national chain or that can be an around the way spot. Ooh, um, you know what? I'm going to stick with the chains. Uh, okay. uh, and it's going to be crazy because it's not a, a typical fry place. Uh -huh. I'm going to say second. Taco Bell and the Nacho Fries. Oh, 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 OK. Yes. Yes. They are great. You know, you know, they they have them kind of, you know, herky jerky as far as that. They'll, you know, have them available and then take them away for a while. But I think those are great. And third. Got to go with checkers. Got to go Ooh. with checkers. Yeah. You got to. Oh, wow. Yeah, got to go with them. I love it. You know what, Jamie? You just got me to thinking now. Unfortunately, and you know, we always got like a college story to tell, right? So unfortunately, I tried Taco Bell once in my life. 
and it was taco hell because like Ooh. I literally couldn't move out of my college dorm room for like a whole weekend. So I've never had it again. So I can't vouch for their fries because like, you know, every time I see a Taco Bell, I get triggered <laughs> still to this day. So no, but the checkers, now you, man, you said something with that. And in Louisiana, it's rallies, right? Yeah. But it's one and the same. They are the same. So, ooh, I might have to actually jump them into I'm jumping them into my third place. I'm going to keep my second place, which is five guys, because those fries, yeah. Aren't they the truth? Yeah. You know what? I've had them once. I've oh. had them once. I need to go back. I, yeah. need, to, I need to, yeah, have a second. Yeah, you got to get into it, because when they put a whole bag of fries in front of you, it's like, it's a pricey little fast food restaurant, but my God, they give you like four or five servings of fries in like one fell swoop, so it's crazy. But that, that's my second place for that reason. I'm going to tell you who my honorable mention is because I had to flip out of my third them out of my third place spot because I like what you said about checkers. Yeah, that that fry right there is the truth. Anytime you're going to see a fast food fry in your grocery freezer, that's yes. when you know that's a real fry. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I was like, okay, checkers, okay, rallies. But I initially had Grindhouse Burgers in my third spot. So I got to keep them as honorable mention. Okay. I got to keep them. I got my nephews, uh, well, one of them now, because the other had to go back home for fall football training camp. But I'm always, when they're here, I try to take them to restaurants that we don't have back home, right? So that they'll have an experience. So they're like on the cookout and steak and shake tip right now. Okay. Don't ask. I don't know. That's Hey, what like. hey, don't sleep on cookout. That, <laughs> hey, listen, Carolina's on. So yeah, I got Oh, you. really? Yes. Man, yes. I, I learn something new every day. Mm-hmm. I yeah. love it. Well, they love themselves some cookout. They just added that to the fast food repertoire. But I told him, I was like, listen, I still, they, of course we have rallies, so they're good with that. But I told him I'd love to take them to Grindhouse because I said, when they say killer burgers, they say killer burgers, but the fries, the fries low key are very good too. So listen, family, Jamie and I just gave you all you need to know in case you don't feel like sitting in the McDonald's line for free fries today. There are a whole bunch of other places where maybe they're giving giving out free fries, but we all know they're giving out good fries. So you can tell them ATL Day One sent you. We appreciate you guys, as always, for stopping by. Check us out on YouTube, where you can drop us a comment. Hey, what's your favorite French fry spot? Let us know. We might actually mention it on air. And of course, don't forget to download ATL Day Ones and really all the podcasts across Locked On Sports Network because they are fire. So you can download them wherever you get your podcast. Of course, we appreciate Jamie Walker for stopping by. He's going to stop by again tomorrow. And since I got Jamie in the building and Jamie is a coach, a player, an announcer, an analyst, we're talking football tomorrow because we know that SEC Media Days is on the horizon and Falcons football training camp is on the way. So come back tomorrow. We'll preview Braves White Sox. We'll bring you some more conversation about what some ladies are doing in Vegas. And don't forget, you want some football? Stop by on a football Friday. Be safe in them ATL streets. See you tomorrow. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.